Welcome back, everyone. This is Reset with Nat, and I am your host, Natalie Walters. Today, for episode four of Tenant Talk Tuesdays, it will be me responding to questions and answers that I've received for episodes one to three. Now, I know this is a bi-weekly podcast, and I try my best to make sure that I put as much content uh, that I can in within a short period of time because I don't want to take up too much people's time. There will be times where the episodes will be a little longer, but today it's just going to be a summary and just answering a few questions. So to summarize, episode one was speaking directly to the lease agreement the lease agreement between the landlord and the tenant, the individual who is applying for the unit and the individual that owns the property or their person that is in charge. It could be a property management company or it can be a representative. But whatever the case is, that agreement between the two people, it is a lease. It's a formal legal document that is... um can be used in court and it can be used for advocating for your rights when you have any issues and that advocating for your right would would take process with the landlord and tenant board. Now, we always want to avoid escalating concerns because honestly, if you can solve it right and you're between you and your landlord or between you and the superintendent, that's awesome. But when things get out of hand and you feel that your rights and responsibilities um, are being questioned or you have any concerns, you can contact the landlord and tenant board and ask questions. You can contact the legal line and ask questions. And if you have to go further and actually advocate for your rights and get assistance to have things enforced, there are definitely... um, tears on how to proceed with that process. And I try my best to avoid that process and and sharing that information with you at this time, because really and truly right now, we're just trying to stay with, hey, how can I communicate with my landlord as a tenant and have my rights understood? And at the same time, make sure that I am advocate or doing my best to show that I'm being a responsible tenant. Now, with that said, uh, with the lease agreement, we went through that in detail in episode one. If you are unsure about your lease and you have any questions or concerns, please go listen to episode one of Tenant Talk Tuesdays. I will have a lot more detail in there um, where you can probably get some answers. And if there are no answers on there that you know, you're concerned about, then you know what? Address that with the Landlord and Tenant Board. You can go to www sjto.gov.on.ca and then just look up landlord and tenant board. Now, I am not a paralegal. I am not a lawyer. I am just very much interested in housing and, um, you know, human rights. And I believe that as individuals who may not own a home or not have the opportunity to own a home, it's important to know that where you live is somewhere that you are protected, your rights are understood, you are also doing your best to make sure that you're not interfering with 
the landlord or any of the other tenants on the property. It's a, a mutual respect. And if anyone's out of line, then both parties have a right to escalate the situation. Now, with Tenant Talk Tuesday, episode two, I went into what issues really need to be escalated. Where does an escalation process go to? So, you know, you have your apartment you're living in, in, in or your your house that you're renting, and there are some maintenance issues or, you know, concerns that have not been addressed. Uh, if it's not being addressed in a timely manner, how do you escalate that process? So it's just going merely over what type of issues are concerns that you can report to your landlord. Actually, you should be reporting everything to them because, quite frankly, it's not your property. So anything that doesn't look right, as long as that's not the way it was when you came in, you need to make sure you report it and then give them time to address it unless it is a um, a vital service like water, electricity, um, or if it's something that can cause immediate safety, uh, a safety hazard, then you have to report those things right away and it should be responded to right away. I also speak about the local municipality. If you feel that you're um, not getting through to your landlord and you're having complications with them responding to you and addressing these vital issues right away, then you have to call your local municipality to escalate your concern. Tenant Talk Tuesday episode three went into, okay, you know what? Reporting it in detail, following up. How do you write your letter? How do you prepare your correspondence to your landlord? How do you make sure that when you prepare these correspondence, you make sure that they're filed and they're kept in an organized manner? So that way, hey, if it gets asked, you need those documents to support you in court or outside of court at any time, you have it accessible to you. You are using the right um, means of communication. Um, I know sometimes, yes, we like to text message, but text message and phones can be an issue with losing your phone and not having that proof. So we, I was discussing in their email correspondence and making sure that you have a file and an email folder where you can keep everything organized and um, just making sure that you're prepared for anything. You know, it's a rental space, so it's not yours. So you want to make sure that if anything, you have your proof and you can easily access it and it makes it a lot less complicated. It's good for tracking. Uh, today's episode, I did receive a few concerns. So um, one person had contacted me because they were, they moved into this place, they lived there for a year and when they had moved in, there were some issues with the door, cupboards, and a few other problems, but they were like, oh, you know, we really had to move. It was winter and we had a short period of time. We moved in, signed their lease, and throughout the time that they were in this unit, it was hell. It just got from bad to worse. Unfortunately, the landlord made excuses for a lot of things and whatever was happening with the structure of the home, it escalated to the point where it it, it it turned into an infestation of insects and vermin, vermin mice. So with that, it became a 
health and safety issue uh, where the landlord came in, gave them a few mousetraps, but then also started to actually become, um, blame the person for the issue instead of taking responsibility for not addressing it at an early time. He started to write correspondence, blaming the individuals who rented the apartment for the issue um, and was very aggressive in the tone of the email. I did get to read some of the emails and I was taken back by the way the person was conducting themselves. So the individuals decided to, the tenants decided to move out. They moved out, they ended their lease and they said, forget this, we're gone. But when they left, they had found out about my podcast and um, had contacted me to find out what what can I do? Because I stayed there for that time. I paid my rent on time. The landlord didn't do anything. I ended up getting blamed for stuff. The landlord had harassed me so many times about different things. Um, you know, and I did make sure I told them to stop emailing me, stop texting me. Uh, about certain things, but it was just a very horrific um, rental experience. And I want to know if there is any hope for me. Can I do anything about it? And I did look into it for this individual. And just to let you know that, yes, you have one year from the time that you leave a rental unit, whether you your lease is over and you've moved on, but you feel that, you know what, I'm owed for a lot of the damage or, you know, a lot of the issues that I had experienced, personal issues. It, it doesn't matter what you feel. If you believe you de- you deserve some compensation because of the conduct that uh, occurred at a rental unit, you have one year from the date that you moved out. Now, I wouldn't give it a year because one year is cutting it too close. You want to give yourself at least eight months. Make sure you prepare all your documents and and get yourself ready to file a claim with the landlord and tenant board. And what it is, is you would have to go onto the landlord and tenant board site and you would get some forms. There are forms for whatever the issue is. If it was harassment, there's a form that you would fill out for that. If it was maintenance and repair issues, there's a form that you would fill out for that. Um, And then you would have to document exactly what happened. You have to write the dates. You have to be very clear. You have to have all your evidence. So any photos or anything like that, you would have to make sure you have all of that organized. So that's why I'm saying as much as they say you have one year to file, I would even look at six to eight months to make sure that you decide to follow up and and um, follow through with that process if you're looking for compensation for a past tenancy issue at a property that was a living hell, okay? So with that, I did give her advice and I said, you know, look into moving forward. The first thing is you're not guaranteed to get anything, right? It's up to an adjudicator that listens to the case between yourself and the landlord, you have to make sure you have everything documented. You have to make sure everything is clearly stated. Your proof, your evidence, it has to be outlined and in detail. You have to make sure that everything you are claiming was reported to the landlord because you can't say, oh, and this happened, but no, you you cannot say that there is something that happened, but it wasn't reported. 
make sure documentation is there. Document, 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 okay? Document. Organize. Make sure that when you document, you organize. It will save you a whole lot of time. Now, um, now this individual is going to make the choice for themselves after they go through the process of filing, if they do decide to do so. Um, it's not a short process. The landlord and tenant board, they ex- they they receive excessive complaints from both landlords and tenants, so it is a very busy office. Sometimes a case can go on for months and end. When I say months, I'm not talking about two months. It can go on for three, four months, sometimes up to eight months because things get put off. Sometimes um, people are away. Sometimes the days in court are very long, so your court case gets put off once again. So as much as you're going to deal with something that was a year prior, you think maybe it's going to get handled within that next year. It may not. It may get handled a year later. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. You still have to file the documents within one year of you leaving the property. So that's that was that situation. Um, the other concern was an individual had contacted me about an issue that was wrong in the apartment and they reported it to the landlord. And then the landlord the following month gave them um, a receipt for the repairs. So... The damage happened, happened, sorry, whatever it was, it was a cupboard, something about the cupboard, you know, when the, the cupboards aren't, aren't on the the hinges properly. So the hinges came off and I guess it was something that required a little bit more of a pricey maintenance issue. And the girl said, well, it was a cupboard that was deteriorating anyway. So when they came out, they had to replace the whole uh, cabinet structure and or they decided to do that. And when they did that, She was billed for that um, service and for the actual unit. So it was a big bill. It was probably around $200 or something like that um, that she was billed for. So she wanted to know, does she have to pay it? Now, I can't tell you not to pay it. That's not my responsibility. All I know is, listen, whoever damaged it, if it's wear and tear or if it was someone within the home that damaged it, you have to, if you're going to dispute the, the, the charge, you have to make sure you can prove, listen here, that's not what I did. This is That was a wear and tear that caused the issue and I will not be paying for it. Now, the landlord can take you to court and say, well, you caused property damage to my unit and I want to collect on that outstanding balance. But at the same time, you as a tenant can also go to court and say, yeah, no, that was an old cupboard. And the wear and tear is the reason why it it was required to be replaced. So whether you had decided to fix the, the hinges and just make it suitable for me to use it, or you decided to actually change the entire cabinet, I do not believe that I am I I do not believe that I'm responsible for the entire fee or I'm not responsible for anything. 
quite frankly, because it's your duty to care for the property, right? So with that said, I you know, you don't have to accept ownership, but when it comes to this outstanding balance before court, I would just try my best to negotiate with the landlord and speak to them and let them know this is not a process that I would want to go through to the landlord and tenant board to dispute the under outstanding $200. But at the same time, if I had to go and defend myself because I'm not paying it, yeah, I would do so, you know, because at the same time, rent is high, you know, people are struggling to pay their rent. And even, even if you're not struggling to pay it, why are you paying for something that is the responsibility of the property owner? Unless you damaged it, right? And they can prove that you damaged it. There's no reason for you to be dishing out extra funds to maintain their property or help with their renovations. So with that, um, today I'm just going over these basic things. It is a very easy episode. Um, Sorry, I forgot to mention. So with the individual who had, oh, I forgot to mention this. I'm so sorry. With the individual who had um, moved out and then they had to file with the landlord and tenant board, if they had won the case, the landlord and tenant board would not be able to issue you funds and uh, give you money for whatever you, your case. If you won the case, you wouldn't get that from the landlord and tenant board. It has to be followed up with small claims course, court. So that's why it is important that when you live at a rental property, wherever you reside, try to resolve the issues before you move. So that way you do not have to deal with another two years of in-court uh, you know, processes and then also court costs because you leave the landlord and tenant board if they award you the case say they say all right you know what yes you're right you you went through a lot this this apartment wasn't maintained you paid a lot um in additional fees for you know say you had to pay to have an exterminator come out and clean your and exterminate your unit say you chose to do that if you wanted that money back from your landlord or if you feel that you need compensation for paying excessive amount of rent and your property wasn't maintained, if that money is awarded to you, the landlord and tenant board, because you moved, will not be the one to issue that money to you. So what you would have to do is go to small claims court to have that money um, rewarded to you. And uh, that process is another process in itself. So please just make sure that you stay up to beat on what's happening If you have any questions or concerns, you can email me. I am all about researching information when it comes to housing um, rights and responsibilities and and just making sure that we are aware. Um, You know, it's, it's not easy, right? It's not easy for landlords. It's not easy for tenants. I do know that researching a lot of information nowadays, I've seen that a lot of I've spoken to, even I've spoken to a landlord who said to me, listen, I do my best, but I have some people that don't want to pay their rent, which makes it harder for me to maintain and keep up with my building. 
well, it's a responsibility that you've taken on, but I can also see the position that they are in and how that makes unfavorable conditions for another tenant who's doing their best to maintain their unit. But at the same time, hey, it's still your responsibility to make sure that everybody's unit is up to standard. So with that said, um, I'm here to just make sure that we all are aware of the position that we are in. We've been granted housing, whether it's in the private or public sector, because I know some people live in um, housing, public housing, and that in itself is another case and, and, and its own difficulties in some ways. But at the same time, when it comes to public housing, it is a lot more challenging for individuals. Um, the prices are a lot higher and um, we want to make sure that you are getting what you are paying for. And if you are not, you know exactly how to go about advocating for your right. With that said, I'd like to say thank you for listening to another episode of Tenant Talk Tuesdays. This is Natalie Walters. I am Reset with Nat, and I would like to say God bless and enjoy your week. Next, uh, on the next episode, actually, I'm going to have a special guest. I'm hoping that he will be able to um, be on the show with me. Uh, it is a classmate who actually works with a ward counselor and he is doing projects within the community where they're going around to rental units and asking tenants how they feel their property maintenance is being handled within their building so that would be an in that's going to be an interesting conversation the thing is our schedules are so busy so it's um hard to coordinate but i'm hoping that we will have the time if not on the next episode the following episode to discuss uh some of the things that's going on within the community some nice um community building events to make sure that landlords and tenants are getting along and both parties are being respected and treated fairly so with that said reset with nat tenant talk tuesday i'm out take care